Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Let's pray. Father, thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this service. Thank you because we know everything here is orchestrated by you. And Lord, you've brought us together to learn your words and your principles for our health. And we thank you because you've used so many people today and we bless you for their lives. In the next few minutes, I pray, Lord, you will use me to be a blessing to your people. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. All right, before I go, I want to just honor, we have some, you know, men, women of God in our midst, Pastor, Dr. Abiodun, Shomide, who is here. All right, we have the Shomides. Okay, they are here. God bless you, Mom and Dad. That's... Uh, Dolapo's uh, parents, Dolapo in the, in the choir. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma. Uh, they're here to celebrate with their daughter. And uh, I, I guess you will find out soon. I don't even need to say that. You will. Amen. So thank you for coming. God bless you. Amen. All right. All right. Uh, one of the most critical things to know uh, because we, we live in the age of knowledge. Many of us know far more about the world around us than our, our forefathers. I mean, we know, the, this, we know there's moon, we know the planet, we know about galaxies, some of those information that 200 years ago, 300 years ago, 500 years ago, people even didn't have an idea. There's so much we know that it's, all, it's just insane how much we know, you know about what is going on around us, what's going on in the world, things we did not even know. But one of the things that is going on is the more we know about the world around us, the less we know about ourselves. Uh, most people know so less about themselves than people did even hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of years ago, there was a lot of self-awareness. Uh, you know, there's a lot of understanding of what is going on inside of us. And an average person knows less about themselves uh, than they know about other people or what is going on around us. And one of the key things for a believer, one of the most important things that will aid your Christian work is to know your spiritual composition. Uh, and I'm going to try to lay a very good foundation for you today. And hopefully, you know, you can work on that. I mean, I've written books where I explain this very well. Uh, uh, my book, Extreme Makeover, devotes some really, really great time. If you've never read it, I think it's a book you should read. Uh, explain this very well. Uh, you might be able to get it on Amazon or bookstore. But it's very important for us to know our spiritual makeup. And I have a picture, if you can please show that on the screen, that, dis that describes our spiritual makeup. That is, as human beings, we are 
three-part whole. That is, we are made of three parts, all right? And it's very, very fundamental knowledge because that is how you must see everything about you. So we have a body. Our body is our dwelling place. That's your physical body. That's the house you live, all right? Uh, that is your body. You have a soul, all right? Your soul is really the center of your personality. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why we derive our personality from, you know, our, you know, our joyous, boisterous, whether you are, all those things are part of our soul. Our soul also consists of our mind. Our mind is our immaterial brain. There's physical brain that is immaterial brain. That's our mind. And our spirit, all right? Our spirit is really determines our identity, especially with God. And you see, this comes from how we were created. The Bible says God made man uh, from the dust. In Genesis chapter 2, he made us from the dust. That is our physical body was made from the dust. That's physical body. And when he created this shape, this physical body from the dust, he breathed his breath of life into it, right? He breathed his breath of life. So that is God released part of himself, his spirit into the body, and man became a living soul. Or some other uh, uh, translations say a living being. All right? So the soul comes out of that. So it's very, very important. Uh, another analogy I will use is a bulb, right? The bulb has a physical structure, right? If you look at the bulb, there's a physical structure of a bulb, the glass, the wiring, and all those things. All right? But there's, there's a juice that must come into it called electricity, right? Uh, when the bulb is connected to electricity, then the light comes on. Now, the light is what we see, right? That's like the personality of the bulb, right? Whether it's bright light, whether it's white light, whether it's blue light, green light, that's what you see. But that's a product of two things. That's a product of the physical structure, right? Plus, you know, the 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 the, the current that comes into it. That's kind of a, an imperfect analogy for something that you, you know, that will help you to understand that you are a spirit, all right? When the spirit comes into you, it, it comes into the physical body, it creates a personality out of you. Your, you know, your soul becomes, you know, you know, what we know about you, your seat of personality. So it's very important. Now, our spirit, soul, and body are interconnected. There is no way you can be what God wants you to be without really being attentive or aware of those three aspects of your life. You must be constantly see everything you do from that perspective. Recently, I was just meditating, and the Lord even gave me some powerful insight about how we should invest our, in everything we have. And I'm going to be sharing this in future. That any, all of us should do an assessment of our life, do an audit. How much investment are you making in these three aspects? And have a person should always invest in their spirit, soul, and body constantly and balance it. That is, you know, some people can invest in their physical being, all right? You know, pump iron, you know, you know eat very well, I mean, which is great. You know, do all those things to have a good physical structure. 
Uh, but without equal investment in the soul, I mean, in the mind, in the way they think, I mean, after a while, you know, you're going to find out, right? It might be so attractive and the looks, and by the time you start talking to them, you'll find out that they, you know, they don't have anything up here. <laughs> because they've not made adequate investment in their mind, you know, or someone can do that and not invest in their spiritual life. And they'll be a toy for the enemy, right? The enemy can just mess you up, you know, and that's why you see some people, maybe they made a good investment in their mind, their brain, they are sharp, they are bright, but they will do dumb things spiritually. I mean, they will just be a prey for the enemy and you are wondering, how can you be so smart and yet do foolish things because they are not making investment in that aspect. Or you can make investment in your spiritual life or mental life and not make investment in your physical life, right? Physical being, not exercise, not eat right, all right? You will be a very spiritual person, but nobody wants to be around you. Uh, you know, you don't look, I mean, you may not even live very long, actually, because you are not taking care of your physical being. So we should always think about everything we do from the aspect of that. Now, they are all interconnected, and what happens in your spirit affects what happens in your soul and ultimately what happens in your body. Now, I'm going to read a few scriptures that really just helps us to understand this. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14 says, The human spirit can endure sickness, but a crushed spirit will can bear. This is saying someone with a very strong spirit, right? They, they do better even when, when they are sick. That is, they can overcome sickness very well. They can deal with attack on their physical body if their spirit is strong. But if the spirit is crushed, you have no defense. And that's something that, that's a very powerful statement, uh, verse. Also, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, I'm reading the contemporary English version, says, Be carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. In fact, another verse, Proverbs 17, 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, all right? But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So that is saying that someone that is really cheerful in their disposition, someone that maintains, that has a good mental health, that is what it means really. You know, they are joyful, you know, they are cheerful, they are in control of their mind, of their moods, you know, of their feelings. They take charge of that. He says, uh, it's good medicine. It's even good for your physical health. These are very, very important. In fact, there is, you know, in the world of medicine, there's a lot of, there's an information out there called uh, the mind, uh, uh, I think it's called the brain-gut uh, connection, you know. They're talking about there's so much connection between your physic, your stomach, and your brain. That's how connected we are. That a lot of things, you know, going on in our lives, we can trace them to our gut. You know, the food you eat can affect your mental alertness. 
and vice versa. Your mental state affects your gut. Sometimes when you are really stressed, you start having stomach issues. I mean, that's, that's how much we, all these things are connected. So when we talk about health, we must look at health, you know, in terms of our three-part nature, our spirit, soul, and body. That's very, very, very important if we are going to really live a healthy life. And we need a healthy life to fulfill God's purpose for our life. We need it. We need a healthy life. We need a healthy mind, healthy soul, healthy spirit, healthy body to truly fulfill God's plan for our life. If you neglect our physical body, it's hard to be spiritual. It's hard to even pray when you are really, when your body is always jacked up, right? It's hard to focus. It's hard to really, really focus on God when you are not feeling physically well, all right? And if you can't focus, how can you be spiritual, all right? So those, they are all connected, and we must really see our, you know, our responsibility to all these three aspects of our life as equally important to our overall health. Now, I'm going to talk briefly about our soul, our mind, because that is so critical. And as believers, I believe we have an edge over every other person because the scripture tells us this. We don't need uh, Harvard, you know, that, that picture I showed was by Harvard Health or Medical School or something like that. We don't need them to really tell us. I mean, we, the scripture already tells us this. If you are very diligent, if you are very attentive to what God has told us, I mean, we're going to, you're going to find out that this is, these are things we already know. The scriptures already tell us if we live in the word, we're going to already be living a healthy life. Philippians 4, which we read, says, Do not be anxious about anything. And, you know, uh, one of our presenter talks, talked extensively about anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, that is peace that cannot be explained, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Our mind, our soul is at its best when it's in a state of peace. That's really how God designed our mind to function. You know, a state of peace, tranquility. And that's what Jesus even came to model for us. See, Jesus modeled a life of peace, undisturbed, unmoved. That's what he modeled. Even when there was storm, right? Remember when Jesus was, you know, there was chaos around. He was sleeping in the boat. And other people were losing it. They were freaking out. They were just going crazy. And Jesus was just having a great time. And the disciples were just amazed. And they were just like, don't you even care? Don't you even, you know. And Jesus said, you are people of little faith. And he stood up. And spoke to the storm. Now, there's a lot of implications here for us. Really, majority of things we worry about, 
we can't really do anything about them. Some of these things will take care of themselves anyway. And if they're not going to take care of themselves, it's not like your worry will do anything about it anyways. So we need to really think about our life and really worry, anxiety really steals our life from us. Steals our joy, steals our health, steals our relationship. Because when you're anxious, everybody around you knows they suffer from your anxiety. You know, when you're worried, they suffer. You, you're snappy, you're angry, you're irritable, you're not nice, really. I mean, you're not, you're just not the best in everything. So everyone suffers when we allow that. You know, everyone, your body, your physical body begins to suffer. All right? You, you begin, your mental, you know, health is in, is in jeopardy because you, we allow anxiety. And one of the things we have to know is we can control that. We can, we must be people who are self-regulated. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we have the Spirit of God inside of us, so we can have what is called self-control. Self-control means we can determine how much we allow external things to control what is going on inside of us. It's very important. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. And so God has given us how to deal with this. But before I go into that, I have a few scriptures I will read that describes the perfect state of our mind. What God, what, that's the best state. All right? Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. You see, when our mind is stayed on God, the result is peace. Peace is when our mind is in alignment with God. And the enemy's job is to disrupt that alignment or equilibrium, to cause us to be in a different state that is not peaceful, whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear, you know, whether it's anger. Those three, especially emotions, they disturb our the state of mind that God wants us to be, all right? When that is really altered, it, it makes us vulnerable. Vulnerable to demonic attack. Vulnerable to physical illness. You know, vulner- I mean, it makes us so vulnerable and open us up for all kinds of things that are not God's will for our life. Our mind is the gate. Because once you start allowing certain thoughts into your life, those thoughts become, they become emotions, and those become feeling. We, our thoughts, when we allow them to sit, especially both negative and positive, if you allow negative thought to sit on you, they become your feeling. You start feeling them, right? All your feeling, they start as a thought. You know, that feeling of anger, fear, uh, you know, all kinds of feelings that we carry around, even feeling towards people, they start about our thoughts. Some of them start with our perception of who they are, what they represent, or what we've heard about them from other people, right? You, you begin to, when you entertain that, that becomes your feeling. 
we can regulate that because studies have shown that 75 to 95 percent of even physical illness, you know, are affected by our thoughts, either affected or aggravated, you know, by how we think. So our thought life is so critical, you know, and we must be people who pay attention to that. We must be attentive. Don't just live life anyhow. Don't just open yourself. Don't just allow challenges, problems, you know, worry, those things you go through. Don't just allow them to overwhelm you, you know, overtake you, control you, rule you. You know, when you allow that, that distorts your life. That messes up your, you know, mental health, your physical health, your relationship. Once those things are no longer there, what is left? So we must be very, very, very attentive to that. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why the Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because that is the state of mind that God wants us to be. It doesn't matter what is going on in you, around you. You must make conscious effort to maintain a peaceful state of mind. A peaceful state of mind is a mind that is aligned with God. It's a mind that rests in God. It's a mind that believes all will be well. It's a mind that believes God is in control. It's a mind that believes all things work together for good. For those who love, will love the Lord, right? And who are called according to his purpose. Is a mind that believes that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love him. Is a mind that rests in God, rests in what he has done, rests in his finished work. Is a mind that fights every attack of the enemy, every intrusion of the enemy, because that's what the enemy constantly does to introduce thoughts into your mind, thoughts about you, thoughts about God that are not godly, and is planning to sow those seeds until they become how you feel about themselves. How many times have you met people who believe certain things about themselves that are completely untrue? You know, either they believe they are not beautiful, or they believe they are nobody, either they believe nobody cares about them, either they believe that, you know, life, their life is worth nothing. They judge. People sometimes, the enemy gets them to believe things about themselves that are totally untrue. That's because he's constantly waging those wars in your mind. And that's why as believers, the, the battle front is our mind. That's where the battle is being waged. And that, waged. And that is where, why you must constantly watch what is going on inside of your mind. Praise the name of Jesus. Because they have direct effect on your life. How we react to different circumstances of life, circumstances of life, determines our stress level and determines also the state of our physical being. Our thought life controls our life. And I want to challenge you to take charge of it. Take charge of it. As a believer, that is so critical. Your spiritual life depends on your thought life. Unless your thought is at peace and centered on God, it is even hard for God to get through you. You know, when God is speaking to you, he has to go through your mind. You see, the mind becomes, 
you know, that place where things are translated, right? It's like that, it's like that place everything must pass through. If God is speaking to you, he speaks to your spirit, but he, can, he, but he must get to your mind before he's useful, right? All right? That's very important. As I'm speaking to you now, he must pass through your mind, right? Because you must receive the information. You are receiving those information. You're processing it. Some of you are just throwing it outside. Some of you are just saying, maybe you already have opinion about me. You're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> he always act like he's smart. He knows that everybody. Those thoughts in our mind, right? You just, and you weaken it. Isn't that what happened? You weaken it. You just make it, make, you know. So those, the problem is you must process that in your mind, all right, before it gets to your spirit. See, the word of God, unless it gets to your spirit, will not have any major effect on your life, all right? But it gets to your spirit is in your mind. So in your mind, you're already weakening it or messed it up or do whatever you want to do with it. So you never get there. That's why some people can stay in church for donkey years. You don't see any effect. And you're like, this person has been going to church, listening to these messages. No change. Because everything is shredded in the mind. It stops there. God is trying to speak. The mind becomes. So the state of our mind. Anything that will disturb the peace. That will get us to... That will disturb the equilibrium of our mind, the alignment of it with God is very dangerous. It's the greatest danger we face. It's, it's more dangerous than the devil itself. But the enemy has been defeated on the cross of Calvary. All right? The enemy has been defeated. That's why the Bible says, you know, our mind is the battleground. You know, the real war is waged in our mind. That's where strongholds are. That's why, you know, imaginations are. That's where all those things are. And that's where we must take control. If you take control of what goes on in your mind, you are really taking control of your life. I'll read the last scripture and we'll close so we can go into... Uh, the rest of uh, the things we have today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 4.23, I will go back to the contemporary English version. Proverbs 4.23 says, carefully guard your thoughts. I want, I want to repeat it. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. We must carefully guard our thoughts. We must pay attention to that. Those thoughts, those things, you know, thoughts are so sleeky, they are so quiet. I mean, they, but constantly, there are millions and millions of thoughts coming into you right now as we are talking. We must carefully guard what we allow in our especially our conscious mind, right? You know, we must carefully guard them. Even, even the Bible says, 
Think about these things. Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honest, whatsoever is of good report, right? He lists all those. He said, those are things we must think about. You know, we must carefully guard what we think about. You know, somebody tells you, you know, somebody says something negative about you. That's a dangerous point right there. What do you do with that? All right? You know, look at what happened. That's, that's, that's a practical example. Somebody just tells you, you haven't confirmed it, you don't know, but somebody says they saw somebody just talking so bad about you. Then you can stay all night so angry at that person, right? You may not even be able to sleep. You know, you're waking up every hour or two, just ruminating, just thinking, just getting angry, and you can begin to have physical reaction to that thought, you know, that's the point when you have to tell yourself, what's my business with what somebody is saying? Now, what someone says when I'm not there, how does it really affect me? So you're going to tell yourself, really, how does it really affect me? How does it affect my life? How does it affect God's plan for my life? How does it affect God's purpose for my life? I mean, if they say I'm stupid, I know I'm not stupid. So why should I, why should I spend a lot of time? Whatever they said, it has nothing to do with me. I can make a decision like that and guard what goes on. Oh, I can start believing it. I can start doing this and see that person start reacting, all right? And start, you know, and that's how a lot of challenges, even husband and wife, you know, in fellowship, within families, all these things, if we as believers really carefully guard what we allow, what we allow. Sometimes the enemy is just introducing thoughts about you that comes from nowhere. These are demonic thoughts. There are times you're just going, you're just thinking about death. I mean, I, I, I mean I'm, sometimes I'm driving, you see, you see, you see a uh, trailer, and you start imagining that, you know. Has it happened to all of you before? And you start imagining your head getting chopped off by a trailer. I mean, just from nowhere. If you're not careful, you know, I just say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. What, what are you coming for? I reject that thought. That is not from God. I cancel that in the mighty name of Jesus. Or you can start imagining that. Or you can start. And if you, if you allow that to sit, the problem with thought is then they resurface again your, next time you are driving, Right? They resurface, and some people begin to build a life of anxiety, anger. They can drive, or they are driving. They are having heart palpitations. And what you think, you attract what you think. You start reading stories about accidents, reading stories about, you know, all these crazy things. I mean, you attract there. You listen to the news. That's what you hear, and that becomes your life. So you must be careful. There are thoughts that come to you. They are from the enemy, they are from the devil, and they are just introduced on those moments when you are vulnerable. If you're not someone that is careful at guarding what you think, the enemy is going to run your life, he's going to manipulate you, he's going to disrupt you, he's going to get you out of a place of alignment, and he's going to ruin you. That's how he steals and kills and destroys. All right? But as believers, we have the power in Christ Jesus to reject that, to pull down every stronghold and cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts themselves against the knowledge of the Lord. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do that. And we will in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. We honor you today. Lord, we take authority over our mind. We take authority over our mindset. What is going on in our mind? We declare our mind belongs to us. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we refuse to allow every thought that is not of God. We dedicate our mind to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we reject every manipulation of the enemy. Every fiery dart of the enemy we quench in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.